0: Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. Well, let me invite you to take your Bibles and go with me to Exodus 25. Exodus 25, we've been there for the last 18 weeks, and we'll be there one more week, and then we'll take some time off for Christmas. And I appreciate Greg. He read that text this morning from Exodus 24, those verses there, and, and I, I love the text there. Let me give you a little uh, thought there with that, that, those verses he read, because so many times that is a confusing part when we go, wait a second, these people saw God and they, he, and he, they didn't die. Well, here, here's the thing, because we know what Scripture teaches. We know that no one can see the face of God, and so Scripture never contradicts itself. And when you look at those verses, what you read is they saw God, but when they describe what they saw, they can only describe the feet and what he's standing on. Why? Because they're unable to make out the rest. And so we, we worship a God in splendor. And so this morning, as you turn to Exodus 25, we're going to continue what they heard from God. Now, it's, it's that time of year. Some of you are excited, some of you don't get excited, but it's that time of year for Christmas movies. Anybody watch one yet? Don't be ashamed as much as you should be. I mean, it's not Thanksgiving yet, but, but you know, it's that time of year where Hallmark comes out with their Christmas movies and, you know, I'm so excited about Hallmark. I think Hallmark does a wonderful job with their movies. I just, I get overwhelmed every time I watch one. Um, guy falls for girl. Girl doesn't like guy. They, they fight. They fall in love. They kiss and it snows. Um, I cry every time. I, I really do. It just, I cry every time at that. Uh, but uh, one, one, of, one of the movies that uh, you may enjoy, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, you'll see a photo here of, um, and so Jimmy Stewart was there in the movie Wonderful Life. How many enjoy the Wonderful Life? Anybody make it a, a Christmas tradition that you're going to watch that? A couple, you know. Um, it's, it's a great movie. I, I love the movie because it, it teaches us a lot about generosity and about community. You know the story, uh, Jimmy Stewart marries his wife Mary. On October the 29th 1929 what happened on that day stock market crashes and so on their way to their honeymoon as they're driving past the taxicab driver notices that the Bedford Falls Bank people are standing outside the bank trying to get into the bank and what they want is their their money and so George Bailey who is played by Jim Sir he goes and decides he better go back to the bailey building and loans and check and sure enough there's a crowd outside the door he 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 decides to let them in and there are people begging to get in they want their money and there's this one person in fact anybody see it last year our far off broadway players did it anybody yeah um i thought they did a fantastic job now i thought there was this one person who just she just i don't know she played the part well the cranky old lady who came in and goes i've got two hundred and forty two dollars in here and two hundred and forty two dollars isn't going to break the bank she just kept wanting her money i, I, you know, I don't know but then, then the far off broadway players did a great job covering her up but they did pick a person to play clarence that i just didn't think lived up to be an angel <laughs> i just didn't think that person was an angel what did you, did you think so peggy Yeah, (laughs) Charlie played the angel. If those of you don't know, but um, anyways, the whole movie comes that moment where George Bailey wishes he was never was born, and Clarence obviously takes him around, helps him understand what happens. That whole movie helps us with the idea of generosity because when they come into the bank, everybody's wanting their bank, George Bailey begins realizing they don't have enough bu- money or, or the building of loans, they don't have enough money. And so his wife pulls out, Mary pulls out uh, $2,000 and um, they're going to help people. And people are, are saying, you know, I need, I need all this money. I need all my money. And George Bailey begins to go, hey, we can get through this together. Let's, you know, everybody use, and they, they make it through the day. And then at the end of the movie, uh, you know, of course, Bailey's uncle loses $8,000, and this is the world's coming to an end. That's when he thinks he wished he was never born. And what happens? Community comes back together, and he helps. We learned a lot about generosity in that movie. The people of Israel didn't need It's a Wonderful Life to learn about generosity, they experienced it from God. You see, God had brought them out of Egypt. He provided for them. All along their journey, anything they needed, God was there to give. And so in Exodus 25, what we see is, as Greg told us, Moses has gone up on the mountain, and and some of them with him, and God gives Moses some instructions on what to do. For the first time, we read in in Scripture where God calls upon the people to give an offering. To give back, to be generous. So at Exodus 25, we're going to look at the first eight verses. Would you stand as we honor the reading of God's holy word? The Lord spoke to Moses. Tell the Israelites to take an offering from me. You are to take my offering from everyone who is willing to give. This is the offering that you are to receive from them, gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, fine linen and goat hair, ramskins dyed red and fine leather, a kale wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, an oxyan along with other gemstones for mounting on the ephod and the breastplate. They are to make a sanctuary for me so that I may dwell among them. You may be seated. For the first time, God is giving an instruction about receiving an offering. And it's in this 8 verses that I think we can find for you and I some wisdom in what our hearts should look like and how we should feel when it comes to to offerings. So let me give you this big idea today. Generosity is a, a vital sign of a real believer and their desire to see the gospel moving forward. Let me say it again. Generosity is a vital sign of a real believer someone who why did i use real because there are people who claim to be believers and the bible tells us they'll never see heaven there'll be people in hell who have good moral intentions but never trusted christ as a personal lord savior right so real believer. wait a second right okay i just want to make sure we're together so real believers and their desire to see the gospel moving forward. In this text, we find where there is this desire from God, now after he's blessed the people of Israel so much, to receive something back. Now, let me just say it this way. When we look at this, and we'll unpack it here in a minute, everything God asked for, he's already given. I mean, everything he asked, he gave them to begin with. And so it's really just a returning of a portion of what God has blessed them with. And it's the same way for you and I today. God asked from us to give a tithe and an offering, and it's something he's already given us. It's nothing that we're saying that's ours, that we've earned it without God. So let me give you four things that I think we find from this text that will help us. The first thing is, your offering is a gift to God as an act of worship. It's a gift from God as an act from worship. Look with me at verse uh, uh, 2 again. Here's what God says, tell the Israelites to take an offering for me. All right, so here it is. He's asking them to, to take an offering. And he and goes on, and we'll say this in a minute, but it's anyone who's willing. So it's not like a requirement. It's not like everybody has to, but it's an offering. It's, it's a reflection of their heart. It's a reflection of their understanding who God is. It's a, it's a desire to give back. In fact, I think there are three things I think we catch, and we'll unpack some of these three things when we talk about offerings. The first one is, it's an expression, and adoration, and praise. It's an expression of your adoration and praise. Listen, when you know and have experienced a blessing, you have this desire to bless somebody else, right? When somebody does something, you, you want to help, you you see, you see how you've been blessed by God in It's a desire to praise and bless God back. Uh, The second thing we find, it's an opportunity for to participate in God's work. When you give an offering, as we see in this text, God's saying, take up an offering for me. And the reason is, in verse 8, it says, we're going to build a tabernacle. We're going to build a place for me to dwell. We're going to build a house of worship. Does God need you and I in anything? I mean, y'all a little slow today. Cats didn't play. What were you up doing? Should be happy. We didn't lose. We won that game yesterday. Does God need anything from you and I? No, he doesn't. Not a thing. He's God without us. But he gives us an opportunity to participate in his work. He gives us an opportunity to be a part of something. He gives us an opportunity to join him. And the third thing, it's an act of It's an acknowledgement of God's blessing. I already said this, and we'll unpack it here in a minute. Everything everything they're, they're asked to give, something he's blessed them with. I mean, think about it. When they left Egypt, when they were in Egypt, what were they? Slaves. Slaves don't have much. Slaves didn't have much. I mean, if they had much, they wouldn't be slaves. Right? And so, when they left Egypt, God God blessed them with the people of, of there in Egypt going, take anything you want and run. Just go. That's how they got it. And then along the way, they've acquired more. But by whose hand? By God's hand. So, your offering is an act of worship. It's giving to God and it's An act of worship. Second thing I want you to catch is your offering is a reflection of your heart. Now, in this text, we we said this that God asked Moses to take an offering from anyone who's willing, which leads us to the conversation of what's the difference between an offering and a tithe? Because in the church, we use this word tithe, that you're supposed to tithe 10%. Well, where did that come from? Because God's saying, if you want to, you can. But I don't, you know, I don't know that I want to. Well, it's much later that God comes and begins to say, it's a tithe. In fact, Leviticus 27, uh, 30 tells us this. Every tenth, which is a tithe, of the land's produce, grain, soul, fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. We read at other places where, where the, the tithe comes into play. Uh, we're told to bring it, your tithes into the storehouse, which is the, the church. We're we're told to give a tenth and of all things, and so that's the difference. A tithe is is the ten percent, and the offering is something that you give freely. So I always uh, grown up learning it this way. Um, I, I give my ten percent of 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 what what our family income is, and then our offering is above and beyond that. So like when we talk about Operation Christmas Child, that's a, anything we give above for that is, uh, is an offering. Anything we give towards Lottie Moon. So anything you, anything you give outside of the, the church, offering. But in this text, you notice, it says this in, in verse, uh, verse 2. Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering, and I'm using the NIV here because I'll the csb left out a word that others picked up you're to receive the offering from everyone who's and this is the word they left out heart prompts them to give it's it's about a heart it's a relationship it's about a heart it, it's a reflection of your heart and what you want think of it this way if the irs came out and said we're only going to take money from people who who want to give us money We'd all celebrate, wouldn't we? But yeah, that'd be good. But, but how much money do you think the RRS would get? It wouldn't get much, would they? if any? And so you think, well, if God says, I'm only going to take an offering, so you, you feel free to give me what you want. And you think, well, how does, how's God going to build a tabernacle? Well, number one, he's God. He can do anything. Number two, it's the difference in your heart. Because when you've been blessed, you want to give, don't you? When you recognize the grace of God, it's that moment in which you want to, you want to turn around and give. It's that moment in which you say, yes, I want to be a part of that. This week, I was, I was out of town for a funeral, and I drove through uh, Starbucks to get a cup of coffee. Got to the window, the lady at the window said, hey, the car in front of you just paid for your, your coffee. Have a great day. And I said, well, that's awful nice. I'm grateful for their blessing. I said, well, I'll tell you what, let, let me just pay for the car behind me. Is there a car behind me? She said, there's one that just pulled up. Great. She rang up their orders. It was a little more than mine. She goes, you still want to pay? Yes, I, I want to be a blessing. I want to bless somebody. Now, I don't know how long that lasted. In 2017 in southern Indiana, at 830 at night on Father's Day, car comes through the drive-thru. There's a young lady. She uh, is buying her meals. It's Father's Day. She looks behind her, and the car behind her is a dad with four kids and his wife. She says, I want to pay for their meal and tell him, happy Father's Day. So that's what she does. She pulls off. Uh, It was reported by the the news there in southern Indiana. uh, From 8.30 to midnight, and that's when they closed, 167 cars had come through and done the same thing. One car. Oh, that's a blessing. I'll pay for the one behind me. Oh, that's a blessing. I'll pay for the one behind me. That's a blessing. The only reason it stopped was because that McDonald's closed at midnight. 167 cars. When we're blessed, we want to be a blessing to others, don't we? Hey, the greatest blessing for you and I is Jesus Christ, amen? There's no greater blessing than you and I have ever received. Paul tells us this in Ephesians. He said, he is so richly, rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. And gave and forgave our sins. He has showered his, his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Listen, God's, God's blessed us. Every, every person sitting in here, you've been blessed by God. I hope you know that. I hope you feel that. I hope you sense that. No matter how low the low is, God's blessed you. God has blessed you. And so when we give our tithes and offering, it is a reflection of our heart, our hearts that acknowledge who God is, acknowledging how great God is, acknowledging God's blessing and how he's changed our life. The third thing I want you to catch this morning, your offering should reflect your best. Your offering should reflect your best. Now let's look at the text again, because in verses 3 through 7, we find a list of things that god says here's what i want you to to receive i want you to get these things for me this offering you are to receive from them gold you think that's good think that's the best yeah gold silver and bronze blue purple and scarlet yarn now listen the, 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 you realize those have to be dyed and the process in that day and age was not a simple process. It was, was rather extensive and therefore it cost what? More money than just regular yarn. Fine linen and goat hair. Ram skins dyed red and fine leather, acacia wood. Oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant senses and onyx along with other gemstones for mounting on the ephod and the breast piece listen all those things were significant all those things were 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 nice they were the best now here's the thing that god does that was a whole list of things that he needed and the prices of each of that range significantly because not everybody can give gold just like in the church today not everybody has thousands upon thousands of dollars to give to the church and so it ranged from gold to oils and spices everybody has an opportunity to give it's not equal giving but equal sacrifice and that's what god's wanting for you to recognize you've been blessed so you you give equally, that you, your sacrifice is as significant as everyone else's. We give our best. You think about our best, you think about what that looks like. Sometimes, sometimes we, we've talked about we should, we should be our best or look our best or be our best for God. And over the years, I've had people look at me and go, Pastor. You are to be the example in the church. You should be dressing your best. And I just smile and say, okay. And sometimes we forget it's not about the way we look, it's about the heart. You remember, Jesus tells the Pharisees you look good on the outside, but the cu- inside the cup, it's just dirty. I mean, you, you clean the outside, but the inside is filthy. The best is our heart, what we want to give, how we want to to look. And and, and here's the thing, whose is it to begin with? Wait a second, let let me ask you a question. Whose is it to begin with? It's God's. I mean, think of it this way. Parents, have you ever given your child money to go buy your Christmas presents? right? So, or if you've ever taken your child Christmas shopping for your spouse, likelihood, this is how this goes. You got so much money you can spend for mom or dad and you go and you do it. If you've ever been, you likely have seen your child agonize over what to get their parent because they want to get the what? The best, And so they they have this they have this thought process now It may be flawed in a lot of ways because they don't understand but but their heart is let's get something good for mom Or dad and so they're wanting to do that. So they're looking at everything. They're smelling things They've never smelled before they're they're wrestling with what to do they're wrestling with where to buy they're agonizing over the present but you realize as a parent, it's never about the present, is it? It's about the affection. The same way with God. God's blessed us. And really, as much as he's asked us for a tenth in our offerings, it's never about that. It's about the affection that we have for God and that we're giving him our best. Are you giving God your best? Or are you giving him the leftovers? Or are you looking at the end of the month and going, well, I got a little bit here, he can have that. God deserves our best. Which leaves me to the fourth thing we see in this text. God uses our offerings for his glory. God uses our offerings for his glory. You look at verse 8, we find that they are to make a sanctuary for me so that I may dwell among them. It's all about God's glory. He doesn't need it, but it's about his glory. The same thing happens today. Your tithes and offerings go for for God's glory. It really should always be about God. God notice when God told Moses that they were going to collect an offering or receive an offering, it wasn't to benefit Moses and Aaron. It wasn't, dude, y'all working hard. Let me, just get, let me get you a little something on the side. It was for God. It wasn't to enhance Moses or Aaron's life. It was for God. Now later, when we talk about the tithe in which God asks, there, there is a portion that goes to the, to the staff or to the, to the priest to, for their well-being, for all the work they're doing, but but it's always about God's glory. And so it's the same as here. It's always about God's glory. And when you think about it, when you go for God's glory, you think in this moment they're, they're receiving an offering for the, the building or the tent. Uh, t- uh, two weeks ago I had somebody in the building. We were walking through the building. We were just talking about the building. They're not familiar with the building or all the things that have gone on in this building and i talked about how the eight, last eight years there's been a lot of a lot of work that's been done in this building uh, for those of you have been around here for a long time you you know the amount of work that's been put in um, what um, five years ago we lost the heating and air in this section of the building that was a hot summer you remember that I mean, we were, all, we were, we were buying those hot, those fans just so we could all just sit here and fan ourselves. It was a significant uh, piece of our building. It was costly. And I always tell somebody, I've got a friend who's having to spend uh, millions on their air conditioning. I said, man, that's just hard because it's hard to sell air conditioning because you can't see it. It's not like when you get done with it, you go, look how pretty that room is. Only thing you can do is, you feel how cool this is? <laughs> you know? We, we, we've had to, uh, the, the building has had uh, doors. Uh, they put doors all the way around the building that, that uh, not only do we continue to hear positive remarks from the community, how it looks inviting to come in, but they're energy efficient. Uh, we've, we've dealt with uh, education. We, uh, many of you may not even know this, uh, eight years ago, the education wing above the offices over here uh, was not even used. I mean, it was just an empty uh, wing every Sunday morning. And uh, we went in and many of you, some of you were involved in, in working and, and renovating that and, and painting and putting new flooring down and creating a, a great space for education space, adult education space. Lot, lots of things have been done. A lot of ministry has been accomplished in, in, in this time. You know, uh, the, the next step began. It's a ministry in which uh, we were significant in partnering with and developing and, and beginning to help people in need. Uh, our partnership with Crossroads Pregnancy Center, Significant. Uh, a week ago, I got an email, I think it was a week ago, I got an email from them, maybe it was longer, of somebody who came in looking for an abortion, and they prayed with them and talked with them, and they decided that that was a gift from God, that abortion was not what they needed to do. All sorts of ministry has happened, all that happens because of your giving and your, your offerings. Children and student ministry have gone to camps and mission trips and all sorts of things. But, but here's the thing. There's lots more to be done. There's lots more work that God has for us, not only inside these walls, but outside these walls, and, and it does require finances. It does require us to give offerings and to be a part of it. Facilities and grounds met uh, before COVID, and we were talking about where, what are the most needed areas. And, and in that meeting, a couple of them said, well, this area of the church is in great shape. And I said, well, you might want to go back and look at that area. And so we went and walked the, the church in that area, and they came, and they was like, I don't see anything. And we began to point out different pieces, just like at your own house, you, you know oh, we're going to have to tackle that project before long. We need to do this. We got done with that meeting. Two of them looked at me and said, would you never tell us that again? Because I can't walk into that room now and not see all the work that needs to be done there. We've got a whole wing for children that desperately needs a change. That we've been told by people who who have children who were here, have left, and said, you know, it's just not... An inviting spot to put our kids. Work that has to be done. Ministries that still need to be done. All that is about us giving for his glory. Now, here's the thing. You think, I came to church today and he's talking about giving. Best thing I can tell you is continue to read in Exodus and you'll figure out where I'm going to go next week. Because that's just what happened. But I know... For you and I, as believers, generosity should flow from us because we understand what it means to be blessed. If you're here and and you go, well, Pastor, I don't give, I would encourage you to work that out with your relationship with God. Maybe, maybe you, you begin, I, I, I don't know if I got $2, $2 to give. I, I, I encourage you to begin to look and figure out what's your finances. Because I believe a vital part of, of recognizing a true believer is their generosity. We see that throughout Scripture. The question is whether or not we will, will join God in the work that he does. Let me say this, sometimes we get people who go, well, I just don't like what the church or the preacher or the staff does, and so I'm going to hold my money. Can I tell you, that only hurts you, Oh, it may put a, may put a damper on something the church is doing, but in the long run, it's only hurting your relationship with God. Because ultimately, you're saying, God's not big enough to handle whatever needs to be handled if something needs to be handled. And your relationship is being struggled. 1886, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There's a young lady by the name of Hattie Mae Wyatt. She's an eight-year-old. Hattie Mae and her family are outside... Uh, the church, or, or somebody in her family is outside of the church, and she's crying when Dr. Russell Conley comes to the church. He is a pastor well-known in 1886 in that area. Church is packed, have multiple services, and she'd gotten there, and she couldn't go in because the church had too many people in it. She's crying. The pastor picks her up, carries her in on his shoulder, sets her down on the platform, and says, Hattie may you just sit here and enjoy the service today. As he got up to preach, he began to talk about how there ought to be a day when the church should be large enough that people like Hattie Mae do not have to stand outside and cry and hear the gospel preached. That we ought to build a church that, that is about reaching people and saving people's lives. Hattie Mae heard those words and she went home and she decided she was going to save up her pennies for a new church. Unfortunately, Hattie Mae died about eight months later. After her service, her, her parents came to the pastor and said, Here, here's the thing, pastor, here's 57 cents. Hadn't been saving her pennies to buy, to start the new church. At that moment, the church wasn't even considering. It was just a thought process. But the pastor took that 57 cents and said to the trustees, look, look what a eight-year-old did and what her heart was to do. She was saving her pennies to to buy a church or build a church. the Trustees heard that and said, well, let's go look. Maybe God's telling us to do something. So they went and found a piece of property. They couldn't afford the property. But when they told the landowner, hey, this is the vision God has for us and we want to tell you about this eight-year-old girl, Hattie Mae, the landowner said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take that 57 cents as your down payment on this property. The trustees were so moved by the power of God, the land overtaking the 57 cents as the down payment. It wasn't the payment, but the down payment for the property. The trustees came back and found a way to raise the money. Came back to the pastor and said, here he goes. To this day, that's the Baptist temple in, in Philadelphia. Large church won numbers of people to Christ. On the day they went in the building, their pastor stood up and said, this is not about a building, but about Jesus Christ. It's because a person by the name of Hattie Mae had a heart to see the gospel move forward and reach people. That's what it means to be generous. For the gospel to go forth. Folks, I, you, many of you have heard me spout the statistics of the people in Barron County. Before COVID hit, on any given Sunday in Barron County, Only 6,000 people go to church. Catch that. We live in a county that has 44,000, maybe it's a little higher, and only 6,000 going to church. Do you think there's a mission field? Do you think God needs a church to do something? Maybe God's just waiting on his people to join him in that process. If you're here this morning, and I know this has not been an evangelistic message because it's been about money, and I told Mike Thomason you know, before I walked in, I said, well, guess I'm, I get to preach on money today. And, and I'll tell you, most preachers don't like to t- preach on money, and I'm one of them. But when you come to that text, you've got to preach that text because that's what happens. But here's the thing. What I want you to know if you don't know Christ today is there's a people who love Jesus, and when we love Jesus, we're willing to do whatever God calls us to do. We're going to give our time, our talents, and our money. So if you don't know Christ today, I want to invite you to know Jesus. I want to invite you to come to receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. The beginning step is just to realize that you can't get to heaven on your own. We're all going to live somewhere forever. The question is where? If you don't know Jesus, we'd like to tell you about it. Here's what we'd like to you to do. You'll see on the screen this morning. I want to give my life to Christ. If you're here this morning and go, I've never confessed Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. If you do this, there's a telephone number, 270-681-2363. We'd love for you to text that number. it immediately go to a staff member. We'll get a hold of you. Or maybe you're here today and you go, you know, Pastor, I've I've been walking with the Lord, but I've not truly been walking with the Lord. Maybe I need to rededicate my life and get my life turned around. This morning, you can do that. You text that number, call that number either way, 270-681-2363. If you're watching us by television or watching us online, you can do the same thing. If you want to join our church family, we've had people join during the coronavirus. We can't gather, and it's frustrating as a church because our, our desire is to hug and, and handshake and those types of things. We can't do that in an altar call as we normally do. But you can still join the church family this morning. You, you call or text 270 681 63 this morning if God was judging your relationship based on your, your giving of your offering and tithe where would he put you this morning if there's a decision on your heart we encourage you to do that would you stand with me